Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Hello, 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 hello out there. Yes, this is Bernie Beitman, Dr. BB, on the, introducing you to CC with BB. I want you to think about situations in which you see more coincidences. Uh, that's coincidentiality. Coincidentiality means the predisposition to create coincidences. The greater the coincidentiality, the more likely coincidences will occur. Three factors figure prominently in the creation of coincidences. Need, life stressors, and high emotions. Look at your coincidence to, to check this one out. Need is something necessary is lacking now. Life stressors, moving from a familiar pattern to a new one like passing from a job position or a state or a stage to another to another one, like weddings, deaths, births, sickness, and relationship changes. High emotion means positive or negative emotion that is not too extreme because high emotion increases the mind's tendency to make connections among things. These change agents of life stressors need high emotion, interact with each other. They are not completely independent. Their relative prominence varies with the circumstances. So think about your coincidences with need, life stressors, and high emotions in mind. Under these conditions, it becomes time for you to expect more coincidences. Our guest today is Ritu Kaushal, who is the author of the memoir, The Empath's Journey, which is a fascinating insight into the life of a highly sensitive person and an emotional empath. Ritu was recently awarded the Silver Medal at the prestigious Rex Awards given by the United Nations and the International Confederation of NGOs in India, and was awarded to, which is awarded to people creating social impact through their work. Ritu writes about highly sensitive 
and creatives on her website, Walking Through Transitions. Ritu is also a writing coach for sensitive, intuitive writers. Ritu, thank you for being on the show and welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Baitman. It's such a pleasure to be on your show. So the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> Let's share it. Um, I, I've, I've been told by many people that uh, I am an empath also. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I've gotten more sensitive even over the last couple of years to um, people's experiences, not just other people, but animals, plants, and the world around me. So let's let's start with what is an empath, Ritu, uh, so that our audience can know who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Uh, an empath is someone who is very aware of the emotions of people around them, and often to the point that they feel those uh, feelings themselves. So if you walk into a room, for example, you might uh, find somebody's curiosity, worry or frustration almost uh, jumping out at you. So the energy uh, that people bring is very, very, uh, it's, it's felt on an almost visceral level. So you're very uh, aware of people's feelings. You feel them in your own body. And uh, of course, this can uh, this is a positive side, and sometimes it can mean that you take on other people's emotions so you, because you're hyper aware of them. Uh, so that's in short, that's what an empath is. Uh, the way I think about it personally is that uh, people who usually uh, call themselves empaths or who identify with the word, uh, they have empathy as a real gift. So all of us can have uh, different gifts, of course. Uh, some people are wonderful communicators and some people are very grounded people who, uh, you know, we, we all have someone in our lives who keeps us grounded. Um, so for people who are empaths, empathy is a real gift, but with every gift comes its real challenges. Yes, so our, every yeah. gift. This one has some challenges to it for sure. And what I'm finding is I get more sensitive to other people is that um, that that when I'm around anger and negativity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I pick up too much of it uh, in a way that I hadn't done before. I'm a psychiatrist who does psychotherapy, so I'm having to be careful about the people I let into my office these days, which I hadn't had to worry about as much before. That's really interesting. I I absolutely agree with you. Like I tend to take on people's anger as well. So, uh, yeah, that is definitely something we feel uh, as empaths. And that's, and that's a problem. Uh, what I'm looking for, because mm-hmm. my, heart, my, my heart actually uh, gets into uh, different rhythms, mm-hmm. not such good rhythms, when I'm around negativity. So I'm looking for ways now to shield my heart from the negative energy of some of the people I'm sitting with in my office. How, do you, how would you advise me on that one? Um, so I think the answer is not, well, honestly, the answer is not very simple. So I think a lot of, if we go on, if you go online and I'm sure, uh, as other empaths, uh, have taken their own journey with this, uh, with this trait, um, a lot of uh, a lot of the times people tell us that we need to you know maybe visualize uh, ourselves the bubble surrounding us with white yeah. light yeah yeah um I, I think there is some truth in that in the sense that i think our attention uh, is very important and our energy will flow in the direction where our attention goes so there is definitely truth to that but i don't think that's something we can keep on doing in day to day life all the time I agree. Right. So it's not very practical uh, in, in that sense. So for me, I think um, I think one thing I would say is that uh, whenever we, we have to be very conscious about engaging, uh, as you said, about uh, conscious with engaging with negative people. And, and when we are aware that we will, we will be in such a situation, I think, first of all, it's very important to fill yourself up. So whatever gives you energy, uh, it it could be something more spiritual like yoga or meditation, but it can also be something very, very simple like gardening or being in nature or going for a walk. I think the level of our own energy is very important in dealing with other I, people's energy. Yeah, 
Very, very important. Yes. The level of our own energy is very, very important. And filling ourselves up in the ways you described, yes, an excellent suggestion. And if you get depleted, you're going to be more vulnerable to being hit by the negative energy from other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think we're open when we're anxious. We are anyways more open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the, what this leads me has led me to think about is the actuality of interpersonal energy because I can feel it from other people and I have for years, mm -hmm. but it's been hard to measure. Uh, I mean, people take pictures of auras um, uh, of the f energy fields around people, but I haven't seen much about being able to take pictures of energy between people. But I know it exists, and I know you know it exists. Yeah, I, th I think I think more. I feel that it exists, and yeah. I know that it exists because uh, I think as intuitive, empathic people, uh, we've had lots and lots of experiences where, uh, you know, we've picked up on whether uh, there is something off about a person. So we might meet someone, and uh, rationally doesn't make sense why uh, we think um, a certain way about this person, uh, and we might try to talk ourselves out of our intuitions yeah um, but later on we'll find that it was better if we had trusted our uh, you know our our feeling our feelings about this person so uh, you're absolutely right uh, i know there is no scientific uh, evidence right now or uh, there's no there, there are no uh, or as far as i'm aware of i'm sure uh, there are um, I've been but, trying to find. I've been trying mm -hmm. to find out, and there, there are people who are around here who take pictures of of energy fields, and mm -hmm. I have not gotten them to take pictures of energy fields between people. And one of these days, I might. Well, this we're we're coming kind of near the end of this segment, mm -hmm. but I'd like to begin um, uh, with our, our next part of this subject, is how being being an empath influences the experience of coincidences, increases coincidentiality. Could you start with that, and we'll continue that later? Uh, I, I think if you, I think as people who are empathic, uh, we are very in touch with emotions, both other people's as well as our own. Uh -huh. And I think. Uh, as, as someone who's very tuned into emotions, just being able to follow those feelings and hunches and, you know, curiosities about things, if we just allow ourselves to follow them instead of talking ourselves out of it, because it doesn't make any rational sense, just letting ourselves follow those feelings, I think that makes uh, the, like, that, that helps us experience more coincidences and more synchronicities. I believe that's right. Um, the you've you're making uh, feeling and intuition related to each other and i think uh, feeling is one form of intuition sometimes we get mm -hmm. it as as voices even sometimes vision but i think you're suggesting that from the empath's perspective feeling is uh, at least in part a, a subset a part of intuition so making a distinction among feeling like feelings like the, uh, what we think of as emotions and feelings that are intuition becomes an interesting problem i i find to be able to make the distinction to see which ones are good for guiding us so we've come we're coming to the end of this mm -hmm. segment uh you, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and we're talking with Ritu Kaushal, empath, empath, empath. Patty Conklin grew up in Brooktondale, New York with a unique ability. Unlike others, she could see how the vibration of words and emotions affected the physical body. She discovered how to release stored emotion and facilitate healing. This began today's Conklin method of cellular cleansing. The private practice grew with tremendous results, as did her reputation. More and more people sought her out, bringing her into the home for healing. She soon realized she could even teach this to others, and they could shift perception and thus prevent illness from occurring. Patty Conklin quickly became a frequent keynote speaker, and she developed a curriculum for teaching the Conklin method of cellular cleansing. 
For more information, visit pattyconklin.com. P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. pattyconklin.com. Or call 404-474-0086. That's 404-474-0086. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Welcome back to CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. And we are talking to Ritu Kaushal, who's written the book, The Empath's Journey. So we were talking about empath feeling, intuition, and coincidences. That uh, you were saying that, that following certain kinds of feelings... Mm-hmm. which I'm calling a kind of intuition feelings, um, can lead to more coincidences. Could, could you talk more about how you think that happens? Uh, so, f- uh, first of all, I want to say I agree with you. Uh, following your feelings as intuitions is slightly tricky because you sh- uh, like we should not be following all our feelings or acting on them. Uh, so, feelings that, which are... In- sorry? That's, that's a very... I'm glad you bring that back because... Mm-hmm. That's a really important uh, distinction to be to make. Which feelings, and it's also true of intu- intuitive voices um, and visions. Which ones do you decide to use to guide yourselves, and how do you go about figuring out which intuitive feelings to use to guide you? I think one of the basic thoughts uh, that I use around this is that. Um, which comes back to what intuition really is, is that intuition is always there to protect you. It's always there to guide you. Uh, Intuition is not uh, about other people in the sense that if you have, uh, uh, you know, sometimes we can confuse angry thoughts. Uh, uh, For example, if we feel angry with somebody else, um, we might have destructive thoughts. Uh, intuition is never a destructive force. Intu- intuition is always a protective force. Uh, it's always something that will guide you. So if you have a feeling uh, that is destructive and wants to, uh, you know, and wants to be acted out, that is not, that is never intuition. So intuition has a very uh, a guarding, uh, self-protective, uh, it's a very nurturing force. Uh, so I think that is one thing to really uh, remember when we are following our feelings as intuitions. And uh, after that, I think uh, 
it's also very important to start to experiment with uh, positive feelings. So, for example, if you have a hunch or if you feel like going into you're walking, uh, in, you know, in a market and you want to go into a store and you have this feeling, there is no real reason for it, but you feel very called to either a place or a person, uh, letting yourself act on that positive feeling and uh, seeing how those little experiments work will give you that, uh, you know, that uh, feedback from the real world and uh, help excellent. you start using it. Yeah. Excellent. 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 I, I would have, uh, I, I would paraphrase, I, I paraphrased you in some of the things that I've just written uh, mm -hmm. just, and you've said it so nicely. Um, sometimes anger can be in as a, as a, a self-protective thing. So uh, I, would you, I wouldn't say that all angry responses mean that you shouldn't pay attention to them, or would you disagree with that? No, I absolutely agree with you. Anger is very necessary. Um, I think as a recovering a nice person, <laughs> uh, like I'm a recovering... <laughs> say that again, say that again. <laughs> so, so I'm a... Yes, as a as a recovering nice person, I think anger has been very very helpful to me. Uh, so I have uh, it's helped me set boundaries. I think anger is necessary in our lives. Uh, there was a time when I used to, you know, just um, not acknowledge or not let myself feel my anger, and that's not healthy. Uh, anger is there to tell you when you when a boundary has been crossed. So I, anger is really important, and you need to pay. Uh, attention to the message in the anger. So I think, uh, I think for myself, how I've used anger is to not let, not uh, react from that place. Although of course I'm human and I've, I have yeah. reacted <laughs> with yeah. anger many times. But uh, you know, my process, my journey with anger has been to, uh, you know, think about why I'm angry and to then start building boundaries that will uh, ensure that I'm not angry about that issue in the future. I so really, that, I, I yeah. really like this. Anger is a is an indication that uh, a boundary has been crossed. That is a very simple, nice statement to make. Yeah, I agree. Oh, <laughs> you said I, it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's taken me. Uh, forever to learn that but uh, because i think we are often told as you know like in a lot of our cultures as children that it's not okay to get angry uh, or at least um, uh, you know I i've had those experiences oh yeah yeah so you were, you were trained to be to a nice be a nice person so that, that, that was there so let's 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 that, that's really very very useful and when and we talk about um um uh but go back to how intuition um, leads to coincidences. We're talking about experimenting with positive feelings to go this way or that. Um, and could you elaborate on that about how those experiments are more are likely to lead to coincidences? Um, let me think. So I had this. Um, Last year, I had this uh, really strong feeling when I was going in. So there's this bookstore here in the San Francisco Bay Area in a city called Mountain View uh, called East West, which I really love. And I had this uh, had this nagging intuition to go into it one day. Uh, and it turned out that there, there was a talk by someone called Sky Nelson Isaacs there, which I ended up attending. And uh, he is... Uh, uh, I know he's connected with you because I uh, because I've uh, you know we got in touch with each other because of him, uh, and I have had these kind of experiences which have led me to the to people like him. So this is like a very recent experience that happened last year, but all through my life, I've had these feelings about people or feelings about places or you know like I, I'll be walking and I have a feeling that I want to walk into a bookstore and then I'll end up finding a book which uh, really changes things for me. So I've always had these, you know, so it's it's never been something uh, like I've heard stories of people where uh, they have these really, 
you know, you, you might call them fantastical ex experiences with synchronicities, but I think my experiences with synchronicities or with in or following my intuition has been these these little flickering, uh, you know, feelings of attraction or towards uh, moving towards something. And 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 when I've allowed myself to do that, I've actually, uh, you know, gone in the right direction. So, very nice, very yeah. nice, very nice. Um, you had a, a, a coincidence uh, involving spirals that you told me about. Could you tell us about that? Uh, sure. Uh, so a few years back, uh, so um, I'll give you a little context. I uh, moved from, uh, I relocated from India to here in the United States around seven years back. And I'd never been in the States before, so I had just gotten married and I followed my husband uh, to his life here in the Silicon Valley. Uh, so this was a completely new country and completely new culture for me. So it took me a while to transition and I had a lot of those lonely times, which, uh, you know, uh, a lot of immigrants have. Um, during that time, I uh, sort of always, I've, uh, I think of myself as an artist, I've, I, I've, always lo uh, love to write and I love to dance and I had always wished that I could also paint uh, well. <laughs> I used to draw a little but I always felt as if my visual sense was a little blocked for me. Um, so I've always had this this really the sense that I want to improve my visual sense although I love photography so I uh, you know, I do photography, but but painting was something which really, really like it was a little blocked for me. Uh, so I so at this point in my life, I started uh, painting. I started uh, experimenting with colors, just playing. Uh, you know, sometimes painting with my just with my fingers, uh, using colors which really felt good to me, um, and. While I was doing this very intuitive painting, uh, I started drawing spirals. Uh, and I'm sure we've all had these, you know, like uh, had these uh, experiences where, you know, you're sitting in a meeting and you're just doodling and, and there is a shape that you're drawing again and again. So it, so it was almost like that. I was just scratching these spirals uh, and I felt like felt like there was this sort of energy which was coming like it was like this little energy which was coming uh, or arising in me. Uh, so so I felt this, uh, I, I would say, I guess, um, an attraction to, to, to the symbol of the spiral. And I, and I was seeing it everywhere. Like I would open a book and I would see it or I would find a reference to somebody talking about it. Uh, and then uh, during this time, I a friend uh, a friend and I happened to go to the Asian Art well, Museum. We're, let's, let, we're okay. coming, coming to, the, near, to okay. near the end of this. Yeah. I, I love spirals. Uh, for for a lot of reasons, and there are lots of different kinds of spirals um, that, uh, in the way they're drawn, some are look like uh, like corkscrew spirals. Some of them are go wider, narrower to wider, and wider to narrow. Um, Zoroaster was said to have said the universe is a spiral force. There's something about spirals, uh, a very powerful image, a very powerful uh, geometrical archetype, and that you were in in your lonely immigrant period, you were looking at, that, that's a time for coincidence, you were hitting spirals. We are coming, coming to the end of this segment. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're talking with Ritu Kaushal, who wrote The Empath's Journey. audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, xzoneradiotv. 
For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxonradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474-0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404 404- 4740086 Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall is your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. Dum 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 bum ba ba do ba da ba da. We're talking with Ridu Kashali, who author of the Empath's Journey, and we're we're going into a spiral force now. There she is, immigrant, Silicon Valley, never been in the U.S. before, uh, lonely and painting, and spirals keep appearing through her mind and her fingers on the canvas in which she's painting. So, and then she starts seeing them everywhere. Uh, tell us more. Uh, yeah, so so as I was saying, I started uh, seeing spirals everywhere. And then one day, a friend and I went to the Asian Art Museum. They were having this really lovely exhibition uh, uh, showing how uh, a lot of impressionist painters like Monet and uh, I think um, Van Gogh, like how all of these uh, people were very influenced by Japan. So we were really excited. And uh, uh, I, uh, there were a lot of like different rooms in the exhibition. So we were both going through the exhibition uh, at our different paces and she was a little ahead of me. Uh, so we, uh, so at some point uh, after a while, she came back to me. Uh, she had found uh, a, an earring on the ground, so just like a lone earring, and it was a it was one of those wire earrings. So it was a wire earring shaped like a spiral, and it was almost as if uh, you know the universe had handed me uh, the spiral and told me what are you going to do about it. So it, like, now, I I have <laughs> had one one story very mm-hmm. much like that, um, where. For some reason, and I forget the beginning part of it, uh, a cross was very important to this guy. It had meant something to him. Mm-hmm. And he got out of the movie theater, and there was lying in front of him this cross that was much like what he had been thinking about. I don't hear this story very often. I do categorizations of coincidences, just the way my mind works. 
So this is the second just appearing in front of the person, the image that was strongly on that person's mind. So it's a it's an interesting subset of coincidences. So go ahead, please. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Uh, so I think this I've actually had other experiences like this as well. For for example, um, like I I've always been attracted to spiders. <laughs> I know they're not everyone's cup of tea. Like my husband really hates spiders, <laughs> but I was a child who you know used to love Spider Man, and I've always been fascinated with you know spiders' webs, and I used to photograph them uh, several years ago. Uh, so I've always felt this attraction to the symbol of, uh, uh, or rather, uh, the image of the spider. And uh, I've had I've had another experience where I was, uh, you know, I was I needed to take take a train, and I was just walking, and I and on the you know on the on the ground like on the uh, on the way there, there was uh, there was like a plastic uh, children's toy of a spider. So I've had like these, yeah. So I've had these different kinds of like um, images uh, pop up, I think, in my life. And uh, in the past few years, I've actually learned that uh, spiders are are uh, in certain Native uh, American traditions. They are a symbol. Uh, they're, they're called the keeper of the uh, primordial alphabet. And they are supposed to be a symbol for writers. So they're very closely associated with writers. So, you know, like, like just learning, I, that's, you know, just uh, just thinking about that is feels very magical because I've always been attracted to spiders before oh, yeah, I knew I, the meaning. Yeah. My, my image from what you're saying about for writers is, uh, <laughs> is the spider spins a web the way a, a writer spins a tail. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's a it, you take a thread and you make it into something that's uh, organized, uh, a, a spider web, and in this case, something that's that's useful. And my mother uh, knitted sweaters, mm-hmm. and to me, uh, that was an inspiration for my writing because she she would take uh, balls of yarn uh, that uh, were just strings and turn them into something that was quite useful, much the way spiders do it with their webs. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That that uh, uh, reminded me of my great-grandmother. <laughs> I was lucky enough to, my paternal uh, great-grandmother, who uh, I, I knew as a child. And, and, you know, she was in a village in India, and uh, I remember her taking these, uh, you know, like these uh, plastic bags, and she cut up these little strips of plastic bags and wove them together. <laughs> and, as a, <laughs> and, and of course, you know, from her perspective, coming from, you know, uh, for it, it was, uh, she was from that uh, generation where money was scarce. Oh yeah, it still right. is. It still, it still is. is. <laughs> it still is. <laughs> but you know, like even her background and all of that. So. Oh yeah, I so, I, I, yeah. I, know, I have some familiarity with the poverty of the subcontinent, having been in, in mm-hmm. what was East Pakistan uh, in the late '60s. Mm-hmm. So I, I I can envision your grandmother in a village. I was right near a village that might have been like hers in near Dhaka. So go ahead. So, like that felt. So this was like. So that felt really magical. I, I remember as a child just to see that someone had made something beautiful out of, you know, like yeah, something of, we discard. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there. So there. You here. You are a person who okay. thinks of spiders and see a plastic spider. Um, that's probably not too uncommon. The kids might play with them um, because I've seen them. But uh, going to uh, East West Museum and uh, finding a, a lone spiral earring uh, on the floor is a little more um, improbable to me. So what did that lead you to, that earring? Uh, I think it, first of all, it led me to learning about spirals. So I started reading about them. And I think now at this, you know, today when I look back, I think that the spiral was actually a symbol for what I was doing in my life then. So I was writing uh, my book, The Empath's Journey. And because it's a memoir, I was sort of circling in tighter and tighter circles towards the center uh, 
of my own truth. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, when you're writing a memoir, uh, you're also journaling, uh, but th but that journal is not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, you don't want to include that in your book. Uh, so you're go you're writing about these different experiences, and I think I was trying to uh, sort of get to the heart of uh, who I am and uh, get closer to my true self and and to talk about sensitivity uh, you know from the perspective of that person and not this uh, and not this like baggage that uh, a lot of sensitive people are you know or, or, or rather that i carried well, so I, I think that's an important idea because uh, a lot of people the idea of empath has gotten more popular so there are people going around claiming they are empaths mm -hmm. but there, there's a lot of baggage around that claim um, that I, I to actually know what an em empath is becomes more and more a task of people like you who are saying you're an empath. So I think for a, a clear definition, clearer definition than you've given us is quite called for here. What is an empath? And you got to the heart of your empathicness. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of people who say there are empaths but aren't. And there's plenty of baggage with those who have it. So uh, take some of that apart for me. Okay, sure. Uh, so, so I think sometimes as sensitive people, like any, like anyone who's been called sense too sensitive as a child, uh, you know, we also have. Obviously, uh, you know, growing up in the cultures that we do, we have a lot of baggage around our sensitivity. Like we have, uh, like, for example, like for years and years, I, so for uh, years and years, I felt as if there was something really wrong with me, as I think a lot of uh, sensitive children uh, do. Uh, I think a lot of us grow up feeling as if there's almost like a crack in the, in the fabric of our being. Um, I remember as a sensitive child, uh, you know, I was often called shy, which is a label I a lot of sensitive children uh, get stuck with, uh, which is which can become self-fulfilling uh, after a while. And I think uh, I struggled with shyness all through my growing up. Uh, but when I look back now, I know that I wasn't uh, as a sensitive child. Uh, so if 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 you are the parent of a sensitive child, it's very uh, important to realize that uh, sensitive children will not just jump in uh, into new situations like um, other children would. Uh, if uh, if you're taking a child to the playground, for example, you have to let them just get used to where they are because as uh, highly sensitive people and as highly sensitive children, we want to first observe. Uh, and see, uh, uh, you know, and kind of process that environment for ourselves and taking those little steps uh, will actually ensure that your child joins in. So it's not like a, I'm, you know, I'm still I'm still like that. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm still like that. Uh, uh, I, I go to dance uh, several times a week and particularly when there's a, a lot of people there, but even when there aren't, um, uh, I still have to adjust to the environment. It takes me a while just to warm up physically, but to also feel what the environment is like. Uh, I have to, I use the term equilibrate. My body has to equilibrate, at least become familiar with that environment so that then I can become part of it. Right. And, uh, and I think this is so crucial for highly sensitive people and parents of highly sensitive children to know because then you can gu both guide them and if you're a sensitive person guide yourself because exactly as you as what you said yeah and, and the word shy becomes uh, a little clearer to me it's like um it, it, shy is like i i can't yeah. jump right into this it's there's too much there's too much energy coming into me that i have to be able to have some feel of so that i can feel comfortable with it i can't judge it really fast the way someone who's maybe more visual can or someone who's just all caught up in themselves and doesn't care about what the environment is but just mm -hmm. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. 
Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxone, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not so secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit iconquality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Yeah, yeah, and yes. Welcome back to CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and we're talking with Ritu Kaushal, who was who is the author of the Empath's Journey. And I'm going to switch this to a different version of empathy. Um, it says empathy at a distance. That is, you're not in the same room with someone, and yet you feel something. Uh, something strange. Usually, the feeling isn't positive; it's something negative. Um, you don't know where it's coming from, 
for example, uh, a friend of mine woke up in the middle of the night uh, just with an awful feeling inside of her. And um, at that moment, she found out later, at that moment, her father had just died. Uh, that feeling of the pain of a loved one at a distance, I call simulpathity. And I'm wondering what you think about the relationship between empathy or the emp- an empath, and that is empath in the, in the present with somebody, uh, versus empathy with someone at a distance. So I think I, first of all, I completely believe in that. Uh, I've not had this this kind of experience myself uh, till now, but I but I can but I absolutely resonate with it, and I think um, uh, I think your relationship with the person might have a lot to do with it. So the closer you are, uh, the more intimate you are. Uh, whether the it's, more the more likely yeah. it's going to happen, and and there's 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 research to show what you say is just true. It it happens with people who are close with each other, just like um, telepathy probably happens with people who are closer with each other. But this simultaneity definitely happens with people who have already built up a bond between them, and I I, I have the feeling, says mm-hmm. the empath, having a feeling um, that being an empath increases the likelihood of such experiences but here you are having written a book the empath's journey and as far as you know you have not had a simulpathic simulpathic experience uh no not as yet not as yet i mean i've had no i haven't in order to know it you have to find out about it you can have a bad feeling and not know where it came from and if nobody tells you about it then you don't know what happened but you would have you would have known somebody would have told you so uh, it's curious to me that you have not had such an experience you may i mean and you believe that it could happen have you heard other empaths describing what a, a simulpathity i've i've heard other people yes describing uh, you know uh, an experience like this so uh, and, and that's why i and that's part of the reason I believe in it. Although, I I think I believe it in my bones as well. Uh, so I I can I'm completely on board with the idea that uh, I think we are connected energetically. So there are things that we can't validate as yet through science. But I think all of us have had those experiences and known those people and um, almost have this feeling before you know like like. Like, I believe this, uh, even though it hasn't happened to me, and I can kind of bet on it. <laughs> I can say that I really, truly believe in it. Um, I, I, I believe you believe in it, and, and <laughs> I've, I've done uh, surveys mm-hmm. in which people say uh, uh, say it happens to them sometimes. So it is an, a fairly common human experience, it appears. Uh, but my question, which is going to be hard for you to answer, mm-hmm. is is uh, are empaths more likely to have such experiences? And I can't say that I've had more than one that I really think about now that I now that I'm thinking about it is one very prominent one with my father and me mm-hmm. where we were where I was choking uncontrollably uh, on Hayes Street in San Francisco. Um, near Alamo Park. I don't know if you know where that is. Uh, and uh, you do. Yeah. It's, it's in the Fillmore district. Um, and I was in a Victorian house choking at 11 p.m. Uh, on February 26th, and I in 1971 and 1972. And the next, and at the same time, 3,000 miles away, my father was choking on his own blood and dying. And that got my attention to this sort of thing happening. But I haven't really looked to see if I've had that in any other situations. So uh, that's a curious thing to me now that I'm realizing it, that maybe that's the only time that it's ever happened to me. It certainly made me curious about whether it's happened to other people. Okay. Um, what, as, as we're coming to the end of this segment in about, you know, about five, another five or six minutes, um, uh, one of the things that... One of the questions you raise, I think, is important, um, is the question of like attracting like. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about like attracting like? Um, so I think on one level, it is true. Uh, 
but we should not go overboard with that idea. So, for example, I, I mean, I, I think the energy that we are and that we put out into the world, I think it does attract like minded people. Uh, so I, I believe in that, but I don't think I believe in the, you know, the new age philosophy that it, if you only think that that your thoughts will control your experiences, I think rather than your thoughts, uh, your actions uh, uh, get a response from the universe. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm going to rock and roll is here to stay. I'll tell you how I know you're like you're like saying the right on right thing. I mean, that that. The idea of a secret was you sit there and mm -hmm. think about it, and it's going to happen. And now you got to behave yourself out there. It's like uh, the the dog that trots about finds the bone, and you got to move. Yeah, you have to shake some orange trees to get some apples. <laughs> <laughs> as Julia, I think as Julia Cameron says, <laughs> yeah. Yes, that that that's 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 okay. So that that's. Now, what about what if you're not feeling so positive or going through a rough time in, in the relationship to like attracts like? Uh, if you're not feeling positive, uh, that's okay. I think that's part of being human. We are, it is. yeah, we, like we, all of us, we are here to feel sadness, to feel all the other difficult feelings as much as we are here to feel, you know, happiness and joy. But I, but I mean, do this mm -hmm. negative when you're feeling bad? Does that attract bad? stuff uh i don't think it attracts bad stuff in the sense that uh you know be, you become a magnet for only bad stuff so i don't believe that and i don't think that uh, but i think what happens is just as a person uh if you are very focused on the negative uh your life becomes negative because you the way you respond to the world uh, will create that dance between you and the world and, you know, between you and people. So in that sense, it might feel like uh, like is attracting like because, you know, you are if, if you are in a slump, uh, uh, you know, that is the energy that you are um, bringing to the world as well. Uh, but I don't think you I don't think people should uh, feel bad about feeling bad. <laughs> and I think they sh if you have a feeling, uh, it's OK to move through that feeling and to, you know, to release it in some way. And uh, you should never fear that uh, allowing yourself to feel that feeling or, or, fe or you know, depression is a real issue. Feeling, um, you know, stuck is is a part of a human experience so oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah so so yeah so you should not so so i think if you're if you're feeling sad i i or or angry or whatever negative so-called negative feeling you're feeling i really don't think it attracts only the bad stuff it's, it's just it's that your, it's yeah. your attitude about it that's so important yes it, it's, it's the attitude about it and one of the ideas i'm trying to bring to the world um is this coincidentiality uh idea that i mentioned at the top of the show the idea that um certain circumstances increase the likelihood of coincidences and one of those circumstances is going through a rough time or going through life stressors when when life is stressing you um, those are the times when, to use the spider web analogy, uh, the web of your regular reality is torn and coincidences can often fly through. And uh, talking about webs, as we get near the end of this, I, I wanted to mention uh, another little kind of coincidence that you are describing indirectly and I like words and I like playing with them so I'm thinking about how both your two images that we talked about earlier of spider and spiral both have spy in the beginning of them ah <laughs> they do they do yeah uh, and I and I, I wonder what your association to that connection between spider and spiral and the spy they have in common are. Just let, just let your mind go. Okay, okay, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, I think spiders are, um, I think to me, the spy and spider or the way I think of myself as a writer, as a, as a writer who's spinning uh, tales is that I am, on a process of discovery. So I never know what I'm going to write till I actually start writing and I don't right. know the right. entire way. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so it's, you know, so it's like, it, it's actually discovering. Um, so that's about the spider <laughs> and spirals. Uh, the spy in spirals, I think, is about, uh, I think, get, getting like a, a catching sight of yourself. Because uh, sometimes I, you know, as a feeling person, as somebody who is, uh, who approaches the world emotionally, I can get very lost in feelings at times. So I think the spy in spiral is telling me to kind of, you know, like it, it gives, it's like an insight about who I am, which is not just my feelings. Uh, so uh, that's what it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So it's almost like we're talking about a spy, a spy novel here in both <laughs> of those things. We're spying on ourselves in different ways. We're coming to the end and mm -hmm. you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Our guest has been Rita Kaushal, author of Empath Journey. Rita, 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 thank you so much for being, Ritu, thank you so much for being on the show. Mm -hmm.